the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. How about a milkshake? Not to drink, but to have one thrown in your face. Uh, That may be the next big thing for liberals. Nigel Farage, Mr. Brexit over there in the U.K., had a milkshake thrown on him while he was talking to some people on the street the other day. And in case you were wondering, he bought the guy who threw it, bought the shake at Five Guys. They had pretty good shakes there. And I didn't know they had them in the U.K., but obviously they do. Uh, the idiot who threw it was charged with common assault and criminal damage. And then Tommy Robinson, a guy who was in the news quite a bit uh, over there for quite a while, uh, was thrown into prison basically for uh, violating uh, what the government considered, uh, well, I guess, was for hate speech. It was something ridiculous. He was thrown in jail for, and he got, they got him out. But he's a guy uh, who was referred to by the New York Times as a right-wing extremist. He had a milkshake thrown at him earlier this month. The guy who threw that milkshake said he threw it because Robinson had said something that offended him, and he just happened to have the shake in his hand, so he threw it at him. And it was caught on video. And, of course, uh, if it's caught on video, you know it's going viral. And then that's what may have started a trend. Uh, Tommy got hit with another one, another milkshake, a couple of days after that. Somebody named Carl Benjamin, who the New York Times says is a member of the right-wing independent party, uh, has been hit with four separate milkshakes already. Four times you're hit with a milkshake. At some point, don't you say to your security guy, people, uh, hey, if you see anybody coming out of five guys with a milkshake, and, I, and you know, we do, like, get in their way or something? Uh, anyway, he's um, he was hit four times, uh, and it's being encouraged on social media now. Conservative Mark Meehan has a warning, though. He says, uh, this is since it's become a, a big thing over there on social media, he says, just to be clear, anyone who comes at me with a milkshake will need the straw to eat their meals for the next few months. Here's hoping that that uh, gets him a few extra votes. See, that's the problem now in the world. People think that they can attack somebody and get away with it. Throwing any beverage on any politician or throwing any beverage on anybody should cause the thrower to be punched in the mouth immediately and to have to eat through a straw for a couple of months if possible. It used to be understood that if you, and this is if you're a man or a woman, attacked someone's person, you expected a violent response. If you slap somebody in the face, you should be doing it prepared to get slapped in the face maybe harder by the person you slapped. So let's have more of that, uh, more milkshakes. Let's do it. Meanwhile, I mean, make it entertaining. Meanwhile, the Democrats are still coming after Donald Trump every day. Nobody has thrown a milkshake at him yet. Uh, and the election is getting closer. I mean, it's still, you know, what, 17 months. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to talk about what happened in Australia last week in an election and why it should make you ignore the polls from now until November 2020. Stick around. All together now, Tommy Kangaroo down the sport. Tiny kangaroo down, tiny kangaroo down the sport, tiny kangaroo down. And take me koala back, Jack, take me koala back. Getting close to retirement? Experienced a nice Trumponomics bump in your portfolio? Well, we know the market goes up, and unfortunately, we also know it goes down. Don't risk your retirement to market whims. Learn how you can lock in those gains today by spending time with the team at Marley Financial. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial can help you design a retirement plan that is bulletproof against the market's ups and downs. The team at Marley Financial uses a multitude of different techniques to make sure that you have a retirement plan that is tax-friendly, stable, and worry-free. Oh, and speaking Speaking of taxes, did you know that Marley Financial can handle that too? With all the changes in the tax laws, be sure you're taking advantage of the best possible deduction and make sure you know what adjustments to make for your overall financial picture going forward. Call today for a no-obligation consultation to see just how for 25 years the clients at Marley Financial have never had a retirement plan fail. Call 724-884-1496 today. 
888-884-1496 or visit them at marleyfg.com. Have you heard the crack of the bat, the cheers of the crowd? Have you seen the smiles on the faces of the players as they take the field? I'm not talking about the Pirates. I'm talking about what's happening in Moon Township that can only be described as a miracle. This is John Steigerwald. With the help of Pirates Charities and people like yourself, the Miracle League of Moon Township has broken ground on a brand new ball field and adaptive playground where athletes with special needs can play regardless of their ability. At miraclesinmoon.org, you can see the stunning plans for the 9,500-square-foot playground and state-of-the-art ADA-compliant restroom facility with showers, wave technology, multi-level fountains and sinks, mechanical changing tables, and more. It's incredible. Our goal? To raise the remaining funds they need to bring it home by first pitch this September. Check it out at miraclesinmoon.org slash donate and make your tax-deductible gift today. That's miraclesinmoon.org slash donate. This message paid for by Robinson Town Center, a Zamias Properties entity. What's inside your mattress affects its price, comfort, and durability. But most mattress manufacturers won't show you what's inside their products because they simply don't want you to know. How can you know if you're getting the best value if you don't know how your mattress is made? At the Original Mattress Factory, we believe that transparency is what's best for our customers. So we have open displays of each model in our showroom so you can see and feel the difference in our products. Visit one of our local Original Mattress Factory stores to see exactly what we're made of. Not so long ago, all mattresses had two sides, and for good reason. You can flip two-sided mattresses regularly, making them last longer than one-sided mattresses. So, what happened to two-sided mattresses? In an effort to cut costs, most mattress manufacturers cut their mattresses in half. For nearly three decades, the original mattress factory has believed that building high-quality two-sided mattresses is the right thing to do. Visit us in one of our stores or at OriginalMattress.com to see how our products are built right and built to last. Hi, Hugh Hewitt here for PatriotMobile.com. I need you to go and switch today to PatriotMobile.com forward slash Hugh. Let me tell you why. Big Mobile is supporting the left. You know, I'm talking about AT&T, Verizon. They cut big checks to the big left, and they do it every year, year in and year out, decade after decade, but not Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile is the country's only conservative cell phone company. A portion of every one of your bills goes to support conservative causes, the Second Amendment, pro-life causes, conservative activism at the Heritage Foundation. They also have unlimited talk and text plans starting as low as $25 a month, so don't wait. At Patriot Mobile, a young company, more than $2 million has already been used to support your constitutional rights. Imagine what we can do with you on our side when you switch to Patriot Mobile. Join me to stop the left and switch to Patriot Mobile today. We need you now more than ever. Visit PatriotMobile.com forward slash Hugh. That's PatriotMobile.com forward slash Hugh. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The Answer. So, have you checked out any of the presidential polls lately? If you did, you were wasting your time. Uh, I saw one recently that I believe had every one of the Democratic uh, lunatics beating Trump. It's way too early uh, to even talk about it, and it's not a popularity contest around here anyway. As, as much as the Democrats hate it, we still do have the Electoral College, the last I checked. And the polls in 2016 gave Trump no chance. He's the president uh, now, in case you missed that, and there was great... There was a great lesson for uh, everybody in Australia last week that should make everybody suspicious of the polls. Richard Hernandez wrote about it for PJ Media, where he's a columnist. He's also a longtime author at the Belmont Club. Richard joins us now from Australia, where it's already tomorrow morning. Thanks for being here, Richard. I'm, bl- I'm glad to be here, John. So um, what was it? It is, what, 7 o'clock in the morning there, 7.15? Tomorrow, uh, it's about it's about seven fourteen in the morning tomorrow. So, well, it's not tomorrow for you, but it's it's like it's Thursday over there. That's what I'm saying, right? That's right. That's what it is. Okay. So, what did the polls say was going to happen last week uh, over there on election day, and then what happened? The polls predicted that labor would win the majority, and that. Uh, uh, the labor leader would be the new prime minister of Australia, and it didn't happen. They didn't just say the polls didn't just say it. They kind of made it seem like a slam dunk, didn't they? Not only that, the bookies paid out in advance to those who had predicted that the Labor Party would win even before the polls had closed. Not only that, we have news today that they had actually uh, set up their celebration. They had. Uh, 
you know, a really uh, grand dinner set up, and it included, uh, you know, like uh, Queensland prawns and uh, uh, salted caramel martinis, and nothing, none of that came to pass. <laughs> well, uh, you mentioned the bookies. This is interesting. So, I mean, it's one thing to be pretty sure of something. It's another for, a, you know, if you're betting on a football game, for a uh, for a bookie to be so sure that the, the team that you betted on is going to win that he pays you off before the game is over. That's what they did? How often has that ever happened? I don't think that happens very often, but what really interested me was that people apparently sincerely believed it. I mean, the internal polls must have said this to them, otherwise they wouldn't have gone and set up the dinner. The bookies wouldn't have... I mean, I don't think the bookies had a political interest. They have a business right. interest. Right. So I think the polls were genuinely out of kilter. And the reason, the, one of the questions that really interests me is, why do these events happen? How come you get these tremendous upsets, not just in the political world or the military world, but even in the sports world, the impossible happens and nobody sees it. So how does this happen? Well, and I have a few tentative uh, yeah, go ahead, sorry. answers to that. Well, I mean... Yeah, I, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Richard. Yeah, I thought that there were a couple of reasons that it could have happened. One of them is that people overlook things that they think or they assume will occur. And the other is that uh, individuals who are incompetent are never able to say if they are, in fact, incompetent. <laughs> and so, therefore, people who uh, get it wrong really don't know they're getting it wrong. But this is their job. I mean, this is what they're supposed to be experts in, is polling, and they're supposed to uh, allow for all that, aren't they? Yes, but polls can only measure specific things. They're like sensors, that you know, like temperature sensors or sound mm -hmm. sensors. And when they get, uh, when there's something out there that doesn't actually match the specific signature of the sensor, like a broadband thing across various, you know, domains, like if there's a political upheaval, a poll won't necessarily detect that. But because it's just too big an item for the specific poll to measure. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, like with, with a sporting event, you you can get that wrong because the team that you bet uh, against uh, ends up playing better than you thought they could. But with an election, you're you're making a, you're you are selling it as um, your expert opinion on how this is going to come out because we've tested it and this is what people say is going to happen. It's a lot different from pick, trying to pick a uh, the result of a game of some kind. This is. The, the, the polling is sold as um, an ability to um, to test the to, to to capture the pulse of the electorate, and to, and and so if you can't do that, what are you doing? Why why what, why do you exist? Well, people could be lying, and they're far more likely to lie in a political situation than they are in a sports event. People are not likely to you know to mislead you when you ask them about who they think is going to win in a sporting game. But they may, in fact, not tell you the truth if you're asking them a political question. And and um, how does this compare to what happened to Hillary Clinton in 2016? Well, I think that uh, you've got a, a number of events like Brexit. Uh, David Cameron thought it was in the bag. And the same thing was true of Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton had ordered the fireworks. She had gotten the... Uh, permit to fire the fireworks from the river and you know it was the reversal of fortune more than anything else had she known that she was going to lose it wouldn't have been so emotionally devastating but she couldn't even show after the after the failure interestingly enough uh, dwight eisenhower had a uh, had a statement to read if d-day had failed but hillary was in such a state of i guess uh, distress that she couldn't face the crowd so she sent podesta so that, I think, tells tells me that she didn't really, she had been hit by a truck and she didn't see it coming. Yeah, and um, it's also, it's also comes, I think, in her case, from a sense of entitlement. She thought it was her turn to be president and, you know, nobody should even consider voting for anybody else. It's, she's the person, it's her time, and let's, you know, let's just... Uh, uh, commence with the formalities, you know, or, or dispense with the formalities. Right. The buildup was so great in her mind that when it finally f failed to happen, it was just not just devastating, but almost incomprehensible to her and to her uh, associates. But in the case of polling, 
it's not just one one uh, group that does the polling and then gets it wrong. It's multiple, multiple polling uh, companies getting it just as wrong as the other. And that's what's right. amazing. I mean, they all got it wrong the same way, which would seem to indict their methods or something. Right. Unless, of course, their methods have limitations, and it's entirely possible that, you know, they had they were listening on the wrong frequency and therefore couldn't get the signal. So the polls were, were asking the normal poll questions, but something else was happening in the background that they didn't detect. Now, uh, does this is this more likely to happen, because it seems to be the pattern here, is it, is it more likely to happen when it's the liberal party that is uh, the, the heavy favorite, that it, that, well, that it turns out the exact opposite of what is uh, predicted? I think they're much more vulnerable to the Tinkerbell effect. The Tinkerbell effect is a reference to this idea that if you believe something, it will happen. <laughs> if you believe in fairies, yeah, they right. will live. Yeah. And, and I think that people who are ideologically or highly motivated by a, uh, you know, a specific set of ideas are far more likely to you know, rely on... Eric Hoffer called them the true believers. The true believers are far more likely to make the wish the father of the deed than are individuals who have no particular ideological uh, guide in their daily life. And so uh, Hillary was uh, a victim of the Tinkerbell effect. She could have been, though, there, interestingly enough, there's also a reverse Tinkerbell effect. The more you think that something is going to happen, the less likely it is <laughs> it's going to happen. And this, is, this could have been the case with Hillary, because she thought it was, she had, she was so sure it was in the bag that she neglected to tend her blue wall in the Midwest, and that's that's where the Ponzers broke through. Right. That that's the that's the the important thing here, and you pointed out in your piece. And we're talking to Richard Fernandez. He wrote this piece for PJ Media. He's also a longtime author at the Belmont Club, and he's talking to us uh, live and direct from Australia. Um, is she also uh, the, the more than the pollsters getting it wrong, or the a candidate being disappointed for not uh, for because of losing? It's strategy based on polling that ends up costing you the election. I mean, that's right. That was a direct might have been a direct cause of her losing just too much faith in the polling. I think I think we're likely to see more of these sorts of unseen events, what Nassim Taleb calls black swans, because as things get more complicated, there are a lot of things going on that we can't easily predict with simple models. So I think that not just Hillary, but uh, political life is going to see more of this kind of surprise stuff happening. And it could happen on both sides. Yeah, but it just it seems uh, that, um, well, at least in these most recent and most uh, glaring cases, that it was liberal, favored to win, conservative comes from nowhere and knocks them out. Right, because they're more vulnerable to wishful thinking, I think, than the conservatives who are by tendency likely to be more hard-nosed. Now, i, I got to ask you, uh, you're over there in Australia, Is what is the, um, the relationship between the media and conservative politicians there? Is it like here? Pretty much. Pretty much they're uh, like in the doghouse with respect to the media. Mm-hmm. Well, but I mean, yeah, and does the media favor, do the media favor the, the, uh, the Labor Party, the Liberals? By a significant margin. So that gets me to what I've been, what I have been calling, uh, going all the way back to the beginning of this investigation of Donald Trump, which was actually before he was elected. But uh, I, I started referring to it as wishful thinking journalism, and I, I could change that name to Tinkerbell journalism, couldn't I? Yes, you could. Uh, because that's what that's what the coverage has been here. I'm just wondering if it uh, uh, if that was um, a factor in what happened in Australia. Because uh, the media, uh, in the case of the the um, the impeachment or the or the investigation of Trump, they any slight indication that there might be a negative story about Trump was declared a blockbuster. Um, you know, the end of his presidency. And it, would all, it became wishful thinking. And uh, the same thing happened in the election, I think, with, with Hillary Clinton. The media everywhere had it over. It was just a matter of by, by how much she was going to win. 
Is that a right. factor, right? Were, I think it is. And I think that if I were a, a liberal pollster, what I would do is I would kind of like twist the dial to reduce the gain because it's distorting my signal. I'm not actually getting a true return on whatever is out there. And I'm hurting no one but myself. Uh, so I'm just wondering, though, the, I mean, I'm not an expert on the science of polling, but at what point do the, the pollsters start to start uh, start to twist the dial a little bit? And um, and I would have to think that this has to shake. Forget the, the politicians um, having their confidence in polls shaken. The polls, the pollsters would have to start having confidence issues, wouldn't they? And wondering if their right. methods are even working and, and how long are they going to be able to sell their product to anybody? Right, because it, there's a system, you know, like maybe it's a an illusion, maybe, but there have been three major political events in Anglosphere countries, the United Kingdom, the United States, and now Australia, that have been total fiasco. So there's something wrong with our ships today, Chatfield, as the British would say. Yeah. Well, um, besides the overconfidence, what did the three, uh, Clinton, Brexit, and Labor Party, results have in common? They resulted in the overthrow of the status quo. This, is, I think, is the most uh, signal uh, feature of the three. It was a uh, out-of-nowhere, it was almost like Ceausescu's last speech in Romania at the end of the Cold War, where he thought that he was on top of the world, and about an hour later, he was actually running for his life. He had totally... He had total control of the media, and he never saw it coming. And so, but it, it, you, I think you say in your piece, you talk about it, it, it being such an upheaval that it's maybe um, it's undetectable by anybody until it actually happens? Right. Correct, because the, the nature of many upheavals is that they come across different spectra, you know, like they don't come in one frequency. You're expecting them to come through one signal band. And what happens is that you get like a low rumble because like the tsunami just suddenly rising up in front of you. But in the beginning, the sea is calm and flat. It's just when it hits the shore that it shows up. And I think this is what happened, I think, to uh, uh, the guys in Brexit and to Hillary and now to the Labour Party in Australia. There was this tidal wave that their boys were just not equipped to pick up and it came. And it hit them hard. Yeah, and I'm I'm wondering, um, you know, here the the media, despite what happened here with uh, in 2016, despite what happened with Brexit, and I'm sure despite what happened in Australia last week, the media are still they're looking at polls and they're taking them 100 percent seriously. And we're eight, what like 17 months, whatever it is, uh, away from our election. The media don't seem to be affected at all by these massive failures by the pollsters at least well, the, the yeah, left-wing I, media which is most of the media because what what else would they do i mean if if they admit that the the rudder is disconnected from the steering wheel they then there's no point staying at the steering wheel anymore but i think that the polls still do have information the only thing is that there's processed in a possibly systematically faulty way and therefore they're getting a a like a permanent offset it's skewed to the left somewhat or it's at least it's not centered the thing is not calibrated right and uh this is really going to affect the, the accuracy of the polling going forward if it's not corrected so it's not so much the information they're getting it's the interpretation of it there was a there was a friend friend of mine from western australia who made the argument that the polls were in fact right it's just that they interpreted the data wrongly and when you think about it that's true of most of the surprises that happen in history, like Pearl Harbor or 9-11. In retrospect, you can see that it was clear it was something was up. It's just that you can only see those signs clearly in retrospect. But before December 7, those signs were not, did not have the uh, malignant implications that they had when you saw them after uh, December 7th. Richard, I'm completely out of time. i got about 10 seconds against a hard break. Thank you for calling us from Australia. I appreciate it. You're most welcome. And okay, thank you, and we'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. A federal judge says he will not block congressional subpoenas seeking President Trump's banking records. U.S. District Judge Edgardo Ramos is refusing to block congressional subpoenas seeking financial records from two banks that did business with Donald Trump. 
The judge told a hearing in New York that the president and his company were unlikely to succeed in a lawsuit, arguing that the subpoenas were unlawful and unconstitutional. Democrats in Congress have sought the information from Deutsche Bank and Capital One. Greg Clugston, the White House. On Wall Street today, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down by 101 points. It closed at 25,776. The Nasdaq dropping by 35 points. The S&P 500 lower by 8. And oil dropped $1.71 to close at $61.42 a barrel on the New York Mercantile Exchange. This is SRN News. This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our commercials. You may have seen one there on TV occasionally. And speaking of motorcycle insurance rates, did you know that our basic motorcycle policies start at just $75 a year? And speaking of speaking of insurance, I just love... And this is how that same commercial sounds on your motorcycle. Yeah, everything's better on a bike. Progressive keeps you on yours. Get a quote in as little as three minutes at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates Annual Premium for Basic Liability Policy not available in all states. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite for life. Pick up two tubes of Doggo Suds. Get the third tube free. Peppermint, tea tree, lavender, Doggo Sud shampoo. Made with all-natural coconut, jojoba, aloe. Great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. But no itchy, harsh chemicals. Lather up, rinse away. Try Doggo Suds. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Mike Gallagher explains the next media meltdown. I don't think people care what happened from 1985 to 1994, but the media hysteria is ever-present, breaking down. Oh, my gosh, he's a con man. What, he's a con man because a guy who made billions over the course of his lifetime had a nine-year period where he lost money? What a shocker. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 9, right before Dennis Prager at noon on AM 1250. The answer. One in seven men is diagnosed with prostate cancer in his lifetime. The good news? When caught early, it can be treated. The bad? All treatment options have side effects like impotence, urinary leakage, and rectal bleeding. New Space Ore Hydrogel is FDA cleared and clinically proven to help. Men receiving Space Ore Hydrogel are more likely to maintain their normal sexual, urinary, and bowel functions. Visit spaceoar.org or ask your doctor about Space Ore Hydrogel. Pella has done it again with a brand new series called Lifestyle. Wood windows and patio doors delivering solutions for real life. Performance redefined. Unbeatable energy efficiency, sound control, and value. Innovations like integrated blinds, shades, and security sensors. Unique solutions for every room with the best limited lifetime warranty for wood windows and patio doors. For a limited time, get 50% off installation, 12 months, no payments, no interest. Call 888-77-PELLA, PellaPittsburgh.com. Hunt Associates is your resource for examining the important financial aspects for your retirement plan. Listen to our podcast radio show, Hunt for Retirement, by visiting gwhunt.com. On this week's edition of Hunt for Retirement, we discuss securing lifetime income. Text HUNT to 555-888 or visit gwhunt.com to listen to the podcast now or call 844-366-HUNT for a free copy of the book, Income allocation, and a free retirement income report. At the Springhouse in 84, the day began long before you woke up, like it has every morning since 1975, bringing wholesome goodness from God's good earth straight to America's table. This Saturday, come celebrate Farm Heritage Day from 11 to 4. Experience life on a 420-acre working dairy farm. Enjoy homemade country cooking, see amazing crafters ply their trade, play some good old-fashioned games, and sample the best chocolate milk you've ever had. Farm Heritage Day, this Saturday at the Spring House in 84. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Watch out for a pretty big-sized tie-up on northbound 79 from the Parkway West up to 65. And we also see delays continuing on the Parkway West inbound 79 to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Pretty busy there and on the outbound Parkway East from Boulevard of the Allies to Edgewood Swissvale. Some heavy spots inbound from Edgewood Swissvale to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel and Boulevard of the Allies to the Fort Pitt Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. 
A shower, a thunderstorm in some spots for this evening. Otherwise, mostly cloudy and mild tonight. The low 65 for tomorrow. It'll be warm and more humid with clouds and occasional sun. Turning breezy in the afternoon with a heavy thunderstorm around. Any thunderstorm could produce some hail and damaging winds. A high tomorrow, 81. The low tomorrow night, 56. Partly sunny, pleasant for Friday, 77 degrees. With Iraqi Weather Forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, as Chuck Noll once said about a running back named Sidney Thornton, Major League Baseball has many problems and they are great. I think baseball is a dying uh, sport, dying a slow death, and there's a lot of evidence to support that in a piece by Washington Post baseball writer Dave Shinen. He joins us now. Dave, thanks for being here. It's my pleasure. Thank you. So you say earlier in your piece that uh, baseball is different in its 150th season from what it's ever been, and it's all about the pitching, right? Well, it's about the pitching and what it does to the hitting, you know, but it does stem primarily from the pitching and from uh, specifically the extreme velocity in the game. Right, and and so strikeouts are the big problem. Um, one of the most amazing stats that I heard in a long time in sports was last year when I heard that it was the first time that there were more strikeouts than hits. That was pretty amazing in itself. But And I forget how many years ago it was that they went back, but whatever, in year X, there were 2,000 more hits than strikeouts, and now there are a few more strikeouts than hits. That's astounding to me. Yeah, you know, these lines have been converging. There's actually a really cool graphic in the piece if you look on WashingtonPost.com, and, and it shows the two lines... Uh, hits and strikeouts converging at a point in 2018 for the first time where strikeouts surpassed hits, and in 2019 it's gotten even worse. So strikeouts are are well past hits. Yeah, and um, that's that's I think it's a big problem in baseball. But there's a lot of talk about uh, we'll get into it, some of the things that are resulting from all this uh, hard throwing. Uh, but one of them is that the balls just aren't put in play, and that uh, reduces the excitement. Yeah, there's no question about it. Um, this season, 35.4% of all plate appearances, so so more than a third of all plate appearances end in either a strikeout, a walk, or a home run, which are three outcomes that don't require any defense. Mm-hmm. So that, that tells you the ball is in play less than ever. And, you know, it, that that's a lack of excitement, a lack of action, and a lack of really nuance that, that baseball has always been built upon. And I think it's really affecting the game. You have some amazing stats uh, in your piece. Uh, obviously, a well-researched piece. It's a lengthy one, and it's really good. Everybody should check it out at WashingtonPost.com. Uh, but one of my favorites is the number of pitches thrown at over 100 miles per hour now compared to 10 years ago. Right. So 10 years ago, 100 miles an hour was still pretty much a rarity. There were only a handful of pitchers doing, hitting those kinds of figures. Uh, but it has increased sevenfold. Uh, in the last decade. So from 196 pitches thrown in 2008 at at 100 miles an hour plus, and then 2018, uh, 1,320. So just about seven-fold increase in the number of 100-plus mile-an-hour pitches. Wow. Now, uh, I want to take a little side trip here on this because because of some of the stats you have. Uh, I've I've been following uh, sports for a long time, and I've been in a lot of press boxes. And I, uh, who are these people that tabulate the number of 100-mile-per-hour pitches in a game. Who's doing that? Where are they? And how are they doing it? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, you know, data and analysis has has always been a part of baseball before it was part of any other sport. You know, baseball has always held numbers sacred. But in recent years, obviously, the data and analysis has exploded, and and there's just so much out there. But the specific uh, mile-per-hour figures are at a website called uh, Baseball Savant, which has access to what we call StatCast data, which is Major League Baseball's proprietary uh, database. Uh, so they get mile-per-hour readings straight off of the stadium radar guns, and they crunch all those numbers on the website. You can look up the precise number of 100-mile-per-hour pitches uh, in a season, in a game, by one pitcher, uh, or in history. So there, there's so much you can do with this data. So, so these are baseball people who are coming up with these numbers more so than – uh, just a geek off the street or uh, some, well, some a writer or something? <laughs> you know, it, it, these days it's hard to, to really know where the difference is. I mean, uh. baseball has been overtaken 
by, you know, I guess as you say, geeks. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. Base, base, baseball front offices now are almost uniformly run by people who came up through data analysis in other fields, in other uh, industries. Um, you know, the Houston Astros analytics department was run for a number of years by a guy they hired out of um, NASA who was an engineer mathematician for NASA, he built their analytics department in Houston. You have the Ivy League, uh, you know, mathematicians and, and engineers running front offices all over baseball now. So it's really hard to tell the difference between the baseball people and the, and the, and the, and the geeks, as you say. Yeah, so um, and we're talking to Dave Shinen. He's the uh, national baseball writer for the Washington Post. Um, if, uh, so how is Major League Baseball trying to fix it? I happen to think that baseball is dying a, a slow death, um, and I... I know that it's going to outlive me, but I don't know if it's going to outlive my grandkids as a major attraction. Mm -hmm. So, so mm -hmm. what is baseball doing to try to fix this? Well, you know, baseball has done a lot of uh, small tweaks to try to inject some more action into the game. But as I say in the piece, it ends up being more treating the symptoms mm -hmm. rather than the, the disease. They do think they're trying things like limiting the number of mound visits. They're limiting uh, the uh, next season. They're going to have a rule where a, a new relief pitcher has to face a minimum of three batters. Uh, they're doing things like that around the margins, but they have yet to really address the actual disease, which, as I say in the piece, is really the extreme velocity and the obsession and prevalence of it in the game. But starting in 2020, they're going to try something radical in the independent Atlantic League, uh, which they have uh, uh, reached an agreement with. Um, so, so in the Atlantic League in 2020, the mound is going to be moved back two feet from 60 feet six inches, where it has been since 1893, to 62 feet six inches. And the thinking is that those two extra feet is going to give uh, hitters a little bit extra time to react to all the velocity in the game. We'll see what actually happens, but they're sort of testing uh, this this uh, rule in, in the Atlantic League. Boy, that, uh, and that and that's a drastic change, uh, and so was lowering the mound uh, 50 years ago, and that helped too, but uh, it wasn't a drastic change, was it? Right, it wasn't a drastic change, and baseball could, could do some uh, version of the same thing now, but I think what they're interested in is, is, is moving the mound back, uh, reducing the effect of extreme velocity, and giving hitters a little bit better chance to do something with the ball other than you know, just swing from your heels in hopes of making contact because it's harder than ever to make contact against such extreme velocity. Yeah, and uh, in your piece you, you mentioned that they're actually talking to guys about what's called launch angle, and it's almost like guys are going up there figuring, I'm not going to hit it. There's very, very little chance that I'm going to actually make contact with it, but if I do, I'm going to pit it as far as I can. And, and yeah, so they're actually changing their swing. That's exactly right. I mean, you know, the launch angle revolution that's taken over the game is partly because of the defensive shift where teams are now putting four, or, you know, infielders sometimes on, on one side of the diamond. Um, and it's all, but it's also in a, a, a reaction to the velocity where, yeah, hit, hitters pretty much realize now you're not going to string together four or five, six hits in a row against all this crazy velocity. So you're going to make less contact than ever, so you have to make it count, which is, you know, home run. So batters are perfectly willing now to go one for four with three strikeouts and a home run. To them, that's a great day at the plate. You know, you're hitting 250 for the game, but you and you struck out three times, and if you do that game after game, you're going to strike out 200, 250 times. But they will take that if you're also hitting 40 home runs. Yeah, and you say um, in your piece that uh, – just about all of baseball problems can be traced back to the rise of pitch velocity. We've mentioned a couple here, but what are some other examples? And a lot of people are talking about the problems that baseball has right now and then the ones that have to be solved, and you you um, tie them in with the, the pitch velocity. Can you give me some examples? Yeah. Oh, there's so many. I mean, arm injuries, you know, more and more pitchers than ever are going on the disabled list with elbow and shoulder injuries. That's that's completely from you know throwing so hard over and over. Uh, the time of game in baseball is longer than ever, and that's a problem. And that's because, for one thing, there's about 25 more pitches in a game on average than there was you know say 30 years ago. And that's because all this velocity creates more strikeouts and walks, which are longer at bats than putting a ball in play on the first or second pitch of an at bat. So there's more pitches, more longer time of game. Uh, there's longer pauses in between pitches because pitchers are now 
figured out that if I gear up myself, if I take more time, take a deep breath, gear up my body to throw it as hard as I can, I'm going to be able to throw it faster. So they pause more on the mound between pitches. That's why you see baseball looking to experiment with a pitch clock like they did in spring training this year. So all of these things trace back to the rise of velocity. And um, the number of pitchers being used in a game, uh, I think you mentioned there, but um, right. that, that's I, I look at the stats, the, the box score some, some nights, and I see it's a 4-3 game, and I see 11 pitchers used. That's just mm-hmm. insane. And that's another one, exactly. I mean, it's the rise of the relief pitcher because teams have figured out that, well, teams have always known that relief pitchers can throw harder because they're coming in for shorter spins right. uh, than, than starting pitchers. But what, what's happened now is they've taken it to the extreme where starting pitchers are now only expected to go maybe five innings, and, and they're averaging fewer innings than ever in history, uh, starting pitchers per game. And, and you're bringing in relievers earlier in the game, and, and the parade of relievers starts in like the fifth inning nowadays as opposed to the seventh or eighth in the old days. And, and, and more you know, relievers is more pitching changes, more pauses, and, and higher velocity over and over and over. Yeah, and, and um, it's gotten to the point now where there's a pitcher in the seventh inning, a guy who always pitches the eighth inning, and then your closer. And it's almost uh, it's beginning to make the manager um, inconsequential. Well, you know, uh, the manager, uh, much of the manager's duty now in in Major League Baseball has been sort of usurped by the front office. They they dictate everything from the lineups to in-game strategy and stuff like that. Because of analytics? Yeah, because Mm -hmm. of analytics. It's just, uh, you know, um, the the manager has become more of a, I don't want to say a puppet, because they they do actually serve a role, but it's more of a uh, manager of egos and manager of people. And being a clubhouse presence and keeping everybody together, rather than being a strategist in the dugout. That's interesting too, because it used to be a big deal when the pitch when the manager would come out to the mound, and you know, I always when there was a big discussion about Mariano Rivera and being the greatest closer of all time, and um, I actually stole it from somebody else because I'd never thought about it that much. But somebody I heard on the radio said that he was overrated. Because uh, uh, when you talk about closers, because the only thing he was required to do almost always was come in and get three outs with nobody on. That's all he had to do. Uh, Right, right. As opposed to, I covered the 1979 World Series, um, Mm. and Kent Tocolvi came in in the bottom of the eighth inning to to save that Mm -hmm. game. But he came in with runners at second and third, and uh, I think Eddie Murray coming up. You know, and he had, and, right, and, right. and the, the place was, was in Baltimore, and everybody's screaming. It was about forty degrees. That's tough. That's a lot tougher than just you know waiting out there until the ninth inning pops up. But that's 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 no longer part of the game either. Right, right. The you know the relief pitching has been um, uh, sort of codified to the point where everybody has a specific role. You you almost know in advance who you're going to be facing in a game, which batters. Yeah, uh, I will say I will say as an aside, just in Mariano Rivera's defense, that in the postseason, he the Yankees used to pitch him for more than one inning. Yeah, uh, not every single time, but it, it was not unusual for him to 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 get out in the eighth and ninth innings in, in the postseason. Did he come in in middle of innings much? Like with men on uh, base. I would say not much, but but it, it definitely did happen. I've covered yeah. I covered every Yankees World Series there okay. in the in the 90s, and yeah, he he, he pitched in, in the middle of innings occasionally. Okay, Dave. Now I'm going to hit you with. I wanted to hold this for last because after everything you said, I have I'm going to hit you with my rule change idea, which I I threw out a couple of weeks ago. Only half kidding. Um, and <laughs> if if you're going to get to the point where you're going to not allow a manager to take a left-handed pitcher. Out so he can face so he can bring a right hander in to face a right handed batter and you know limit pitchers to three or make pitchers uh, have to pitch to at least three hitters. Uh, here's my rule change: four strikes and you're out, three balls and you walk. I know that sounds wow. ridiculous, but I don't think it's that. I don't think it's any more ridiculous than not allowing a manager to yank a pitcher when he wants. And and think about the it would reduce the number of strikeouts. It would make pitchers have to be more fine because only three balls and it's a walk. They would have to be around the plate more. You couldn't, you couldn't just rear back and throw it. Uh, I know it'll never happen, but that's that's my plan, and I'm sticking to it. That's interesting. I'm not going to dismiss it out of hand. I mean, I, I will say that I think it's highly, highly unlikely that that would ever be adopted, but, but the, the logic behind it, I'd have to think about. I'm not going to dismiss it. I mean, I do think initially, of course, it would lead to more walks, which is not exactly... Yeah. 
uh, what you're looking for. But over time, you're right. It could lead to pitchers becoming more uh, careful in the strike zone and, and more finesse and less sheer velocity. I, I, I mean, I do think there is some logic to that. I will say that. Yeah, so you didn't laugh at me. That's that's good. I, I, exactly, exactly. I like it. I hey, like you know, innovation. if it gets to the point where there are 2,000 more strikeouts than hits, I think my rule has a shot. Exactly. I mean, the, you know, the way baseball is trending now, they, they need visionary ideas and, and some radical changes to, to reverse kind of the, the what's going on in the game and restore really the equilibrium to, to the batter-pitcher uh, batter matchup, which is what the whole game is based on. Right. Hey, Dave, I'm out of time, but if you run into somebody from Major League Baseball, just tell them there's no need to thank me. Um, <laughs> I will do that. I'm happy to help. I really appreciate it. It's a great piece. Uh, I don't Thank do a you. lot of sports here, but when I come across a piece that really interests me, uh, I like to uh, make sure people hear about it. So thanks uh, for being on the show. Appreciate it. It's, it's my pleasure. Thanks and, for having me. And we'll be right back. Meat Lovers, Beef Jerky Outlet presents over 100 delicious ways to get your snack on. There's nothing slim about these big flavors. This is high-end quality gourmet jerky in more flavors than you've ever thought possible. From wild game to pepper and spice to sweet and savory, there's something for everyone. Flavors like honey jalapeno, Cajun barbecue beef brisket, sweet bourbon traditional, Asian sesame, teriyaki, cherry maple, and peppercorn smoked beef, just to name a few. With Father's Day coming up, this is a total no-brainer for the guy in your life. Visit BeefJerkyOutlet.com for fabulous gift ideas. Plus, check out their phenomenal selection of rubs, sauces, and marinades. Beef Jerky Outlet at Tanger Outlets in Washington and their brand new location at Grove City Outlets. Beef Jerky Outlet, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday right here on the John Stoggerwald Show. Check them out, beefjerkyoutlet.com. We're talking to Rocky Blyer. He's involved with the Miracle League of Moon Township and the construction of a Miracle League athletic field. The fields are designed to make it possible for kids with special needs to play sports. Every child, no matter what the situation, deserves a chance to be able to play, to compete, and have a place that's safe, takes care of needs, that's organized. This will be the fourth Miracle League field that will be built. Now we've got four places to be able to travel, so it broadens the whole interest of sports. It's just terrific for a community to do that. There's a buddy system I thought was pretty impressive. What's that all about? Kids with special needs have a buddy, a, a child who's in school. It's like having an older brother or sister involved with you, so it's really good in that everybody has human dignity being able to participate. The website is miraclesinmoon.org. Check it out and let's help make this dream a reality. Hey, Rocky, thanks, and uh, we'll be talking hey. to you again about this project. Appreciate you coming on to talk about it. Thank you for having me. All right, man. Take it, it easy. Thanks. Rocky All Blyer, right, and we'll be right back. Hunt Associates is your resource for examining the important financial aspects for your retirement plan. Listen to our podcast radio show, Hunt for Retirement, by visiting gwhunt.com. On this week's edition of Hunt for Retirement, we discuss securing lifetime income, tech Text Hunt to 555-888 or visit GWHunt.com to listen to the podcast now or call 844-366-HUNT for a free copy of the book, Income Allocation, and a free retirement income report. Maybe you'd like to know what exactly Relief Factor is. It was created by doctors. It's a 100% drug-free supplement with four key ingredients that simply help your own body deal with the natural inflammatory response that it has. It's easy to swallow, four little capsules in each packet, like the packet that I carry with me at all times, three packets a day for a week, then two packets a day for two weeks, and I have just described the three-week quick start. And you will know in three weeks, that's the beauty of it, whether it works, they don't drag you on. That costs just $19.95. There's a very good chance that a very serious percentage of my listeners suffer from some sort of muscular or joint pain. You should try this for $19.95. That's all you can lose. If it works, they will send it to you automatically. If it doesn't work, tell them not to send any shipments. And it's as simple as that. It is all at relieffactor.com. I've been using it for years now. Relieffactor.com. Jill, why didn't you tell the class what you did this weekend? Well, my dad and I went in search of some magical minnows and found a zillion of them in the stream from our lookout rock. Then my sister and I escaped from an evil slug king and went back to my super twig fort for safety. Then we told stories till it got dark and the Big Dipper led us all the way home. Where were you, 
Jill? We went to the forest. It's not that far away. Ask your parents to take you and your friends to the forest this week. It's closer than you think. Check out discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Warning. Listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Well, uh, you know, we might have... Uh, we might have underestimated the uh, the jerk of the week idea. We maybe we could have gone with jerk of the day, but we're limited to one per week. So when I get a chance, I'm going to throw it out there as a there's a nominee. The beef jerky outlet uh, sponsors it. We'll have it on on Friday for you. Um, uh, and who else? But uh, Alexandria Ocasio, overrated, I should say, Cortez. She did a video for Instagram, um, and she's talking about she's planting a garden somewhere she, in her area where she's from in New York. And uh, she says um, that it's a problem when uh, people are asked to grow things like cauliflower because apparently that's for white people. I don't know. But when someone says that it's too hard to do a green space that grows yucca instead of, I don't know, cauliflower or something, what you're doing is you're taking a colonial approach to environmentalism. You think these people need to get over themselves a little bit? I mean, yeah, making it a little bit too complicated. You're talking about a stinking garden in the back of your house in New York. She says, that is why a lot of communities of color get resistant to certain environmental movements because they come with a colonial lens on them. What does that mean? It's cauliflower, but here's the best part. She thinks that they should grow things like yucca, uh, which I don't know what that is, but that, you know, I, that doesn't make, make it a bad thing. I just don't know what it is. But uh, there are no rules against growing it in New York City. But this is according to the Department of Agriculture about yucca, okay, that she's saying that maybe more people of color should be able to grow in places like New York. Temperature is important. As all, this is from the uh, uh, Department of Agriculture. Temperature is important at all growth stops at about 50 degrees. Typically, the crop is grown in areas that are frost-free the year-round, according to the agency. It's New York City. She wants to grow a crop where it doesn't work too well when there's frost. This person wants to be in charge of every aspect of your life. Congratulations to Alexandria Overrated Cortez. She has been officially nominated for Jerk of the Week. Bye. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of AM 1250 The Answer and Salem Media Group. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.